What if I told you in order to win in life, you must first quit? What if I told you that? In order to win, you got to quit. I mean, if you're a sports fan, you can kind of think of that statement and go, I don't know if I have to quit to win. I'm not talking about a sports analogy. I'm talking about this game called life. In order to win in life, you must first quit this life. I wonder in this season that we're in and the first part of the year, everybody makes resolutions. How many of you made a resolution this year? New Year's resolutions. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand. Some of you is like, I don't know what you're about to say. I will not raise my hand, right? So it's good to make a resolution, right? What if instead of making resolutions, we would start making resignations? Because a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It's a firm decision. A lot of people say, I'm going to lose weight this year. That's the number one resolution, just so you know. Everybody goes and they say, I'm going to lose weight this year. You will never lose weight until you resign to the things that cause you to gain weight. Okay? Just because you make the decision to lose weight doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight. Just because you have a, res a resolution in your life doesn't literally mean that that's what you're going to do. Am I making any sense? That's why I'm encouraging you today, instead of a resolution, let's talk about resignation. Because that's the act of retiring or giving up a position. Giving up your position totally. You can't go into your work tomorrow morning and say, I resign. And one week later come back and say, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right? Because once you resign, you're done. It is finished. There's nothing else that you can do. So that's how I'm causing or, or that's how I'm going to teach you today to be a quitter. Quit making resolutions and start filling out resignations. See, our very life changed because someone chose to resign in our life. Jesus resigned. Jesus, listen to this, going to make some of you religious people mad at me. Jesus was the biggest quitter that ever walked the face of the earth. He quit. And when Jesus quit, he quit in the garden of Gethsemane. It all began in that garden. Of all the things that he had done on the earth, this was the moment that changed everything. Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know about you, but I strive, I long for those moments in my life that I can make a decision that changes everything. Amen? I don't know what decisions you are making right now or what obstacles you are facing where decisions need to be made but make the decision that will change everything that's what jesus did in the garden of gethsemane we see it in matthew chapter 26 if you don't mind turn with me there and we'll get started today those of you that are guests in the room i love scripture i believe scripture is the inspired word of god I'm probably not your preacher that's going to talk about one scripture and move on and talk about all kinds of fluff stuff. We're going to read some scripture today, but we're going to have fun and learn while we do it. Are y'all with me? Let's go Matthew 26, verse 36 through 38. Listen to this. Then Jesus came to them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Sit here while I go and pray over there. This is why at the beginning of the year and all throughout the year, you'll hear me talk about prayer a lot 
Jesus was a model for us when it came to secluding Himself to a place of prayer. Here in a moment, you will see that Jesus was in a very, very tough situation in His life where big decisions had to be made. So when a big decision was having to be made, where did Jesus go? I'll tell you where. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He sought the face of the Father. Let's continue to go. Let's go here, verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which was James and John. And he began, listen to this. He began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. A lot of us really believe that Jesus, as he walked the earth, was just like this miracle guy. And he was, but like he never struggled. He never had emotions. He never had to go through what we've went through. Have you ever been in a prayer time with somebody or you're ministering to somebody and then you just go, hey man, you just got to turn that over to Jesus. And then they look back at you and they go, oh yeah, turn it over to Jesus. Yeah, the son of God. Yeah, okay, the guy that was perfect, right? Let me turn it over to that guy. Yeah, he don't understand my suffering. He don't understand what I'm going through. Oh, honey, he understands your suffering. He understands what you're going through. You want to know why? Because he went through what you're going through right here in the garden. Let's go on here. And he took with him. Let's go to the next one. Then he said to them, my soul... My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Jesus may have even had thoughts in this moment. I'm just theoretically saying that, man, my, my soul is so exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Now we'll come back to that just in a moment. But I'm, I'm reminded at this point, as I was studying this text a couple of weeks ago, and then this past week when I was putting things together in final touches, I was reminded of Luke chapter 22, of the Dr. Luke's account of what was happening in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here's what Luke said, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, See, we can learn something from Jesus right here. When we're in agony, when we're distressed, when we're feeling like things are going to fall apart, we don't walk away from God. We dig deeper with God. He prayed more earnestly. And the Bible says, according to Luke, that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. See, I want to tell you today that Jesus' blood wasn't just shed on the cross. Jesus began to shed His blood in the garden for you and I. How many nurses do I have in here? Anybody in the medical field? Right over here. We've got some people. This is called what? When you bleed out of your sweat pores. Okay. Some of you need to go back to nursing school. God bless you. Quit raising your hand. It's actually hematidrosis, am I right? Is it hematidrosis? Yes, hematidrosis. I wrote it down in my Bible. Listen to what this says. In hematidrosis, what happens is your blood begins to come through the pores in your, in your head or wherever at on your body where sweat or water would be able to come out, okay? Blood began to do this. Now, here was the cool thing I found out about hematidrosis. Listen to this. 
Hematidrosis happens when anxiety passes. Hold on. Just, just hear me out. When anxiety passes, the vessels dilate and rupture, which causes the blood to get in your pores where you would sweat blood. So a lot of people, I've heard it preached like this. Listen, a lot of people say Jesus was under so much stress that he bled through his pores. I'm going to change the verbiage just a little bit. Jesus, through prayer to the Father in heaven, got relieved of so much stress through prayer in the garden that blood, through a medical term called hematidrosis, began to come through his pores. Are you with me? See, it's in prayer, it's in the sacrifice of self and getting in front of an almighty God that God begins to relieve the stress and the pressure of your life. If there's any prayer that I have for you is that you would live a stress-free year this year. How many of you would like to live stress-free? Come on, I got a man back in the back saying, that's me, baby! Let's go on in the story. Let's go back to Matthew 26, verse 39. Then he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible. Look at your neighbor and say, if it is possible. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I'm going to tell you something. This statement right here was the greatest quitting moment in human history. It was the greatest quitting moment. Jesus, just like you and I, he was faced with a situation which his situation was death on a cross. He knew what he was born and destined to do. He knew that he was born to die. But Jesus is sitting here and he's saying, hey, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do you see the difference there? See, there was a dethroning that in, in that statement. There was a dethroning of the flesh and a submittal to the highest authority, which was God. There was a dethroning of flesh and a submittal to God's will. You know what we're seeing right here in scriptures? We're seeing the humanity of Jesus. We're seeing that Jesus was flesh and blood just like you and I today. We're seeing the humanity. He was sorrowful. He was deeply distressed. He was in agony. He, he was having a this cup moment. Have, have any of you ever had a this cup moment? Well, you're like, I think that this thing is fixing to take me out. I don't know how I can get through this thing. That was what Jesus was facing. He was facing a this cup moment. Do I really matter? Do I have to die on a cross? Do I have to go through all of the suffering to see all mankind saved through the shedding of my blood? Do I have to do that? That was the questions that he was asking God the Father. But he said, nevertheless... Not my will, but your will be done. See, Jesus had to do what a lot of us have to do. Jesus had to sweat it out. He's no different than you and I. Have you ever had to sweat it out before? Jesus had to sweat it out. He felt the same pressure that we feel from time to time. And I want to tell you, if I can find a story in the Bible where I can relate to Jesus, I'm going to do whatever Jesus did right after that. Because that's how I get out of it, right? Verses 40 through 42. Let's keep going. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. That's a whole other sermon for another day. And he said to Peter, What? 
I don't think that Jesus came in this little mild, meek, somber voice. What? You mean to tell me you could not watch for one hour? No, I think Jesus was a little upset at this point. Because Jesus knew what was about to happen. And he's asking them to watch. What do they watch? It's in the middle of the night. What do you want us to watch? Because Jesus knew there was an army coming. Jesus knew there was a little troop coming to get him. I want you to pray and I want you to watch. Verse 41. Watch and pray. Oh man. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. That's why it's so important for us, not only just at the beginning of the year, but all the time in our lives, to watch and to pray. Why? Because temptation is knocking at our door. He knows. And then he makes this great statement. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do I have to get into the presence of God? Why did Jesus think, being the Son of God, why did He think it was important to get Himself away from everything else and to pray? Here's why. Because the Spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Anytime you make a mistake and fall back into sin, you want to know why you fell back into sin? Because your flesh is weak. And your flesh was just a little bit stronger in your life than your spirit man. This is better than y'all's amen and hallelujah. But the truth was, Jesus at this point was not making a resolution. Jesus wasn't making a resolution. Jesus didn't look at God the Father and say, Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll make a commitment to you. I'm going to go down there and die on a cross for all of mankind. Some of you go, well, he did come down and die on a cross. See, he didn't make a resolution though. He resigned to his will in the garden. See, it's going to get deep here just just for a second. Let let me just give you an example. Five frogs were sitting on a log. Four decided to jump off. How many frogs are left? Talk to me. One, right? Wrong. Because just because you decide to do something doesn't mean that you do it. There's five, five frogs still on the log, right? Just because you decide to lose weight doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight. The truth is, if you don't resign to those things to do that, then guess what's going to happen? You're not going to lose 50 pounds, you're going to gain 10. Are you with me? Well, I'm going to have, I'll tell you what, my husband and I, not my husband and I, that was weird. (laughs) My gosh, you cut that out of the video. That was supposed to be an example. Let me just use my type of example. My wife and I are going to have a stronger relationship in 2019. Okay? So if that's a resolution, that's one of our resolutions, that's what we're going to do. Well, if you don't resign to self, if you don't resign and start saying, well, I'm going to love her as Christ loves the church, and she starts saying, well, I'm going to submit to him uh, uh, like like Christ would, I'm going to do that. If you don't start making those decisions, you're not going to have a closer relationship. Am I making sense today? I'm trying to, TJ. I'm trying. My goodness. Go to verse 43 and 44. 43 and 44. Listen to what it says. And he came, this is right after that, he came and he found them asleep again. Hold another sermon for another day. For their eyes were heavy. Listen to this. So he left them, this is powerful. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time. Say the third time. Say it again. Saying the same words. 
What are the same words? Please let this cup pass. I, I don't want to go through this. Nevertheless, in other words, that's a surrender statement. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The third time. In Jewish culture that day, according to the Jewish law, if someone said something three times, it was considered a permanent thing. I think there was a reason Jesus said it three times, and it was recorded. It became a permanent thing. Number three, permanence. Jesus said it three times. I'm telling you, God. How many of you have ever made a statement before, and then you forget the statement that you made, and you're living something totally different than the statement you made? Anybody? Sometimes you've got to remind yourself. Sometimes you've got to go, man, I tell you what, this is what I committed to do. This is what I'm going to do. That's what Jesus was doing. See, Jesus resigned in the garden, people. The only reason I'm preaching you this today or this to you today is to encourage you to resign for the th from the things that are holding you back from God. To get to the cross, he had to make a decision in the garden. Jesus had to make a decision in the garden. The cross, listen to this, the cross, as bad as it looked, was the will of the Father. As bad as it looked, now, what if the will of God for your life was to be crucified on a cross? I'll tell you what, what, what that would look like for most of us in this room. I'm not going to act holy. We'd be like, I don't know if that's God speaking to me. I don't know if God wants to kill me, you know? I don't know if that's going to happen. Let me, let, me, let me just say this. Jesus didn't die on a cross. Heresy. I can't believe he said it. Guys, Jesus died in the garden. Of course, he took his last breath on the cross. But that man died in the garden. You know what we need to start doing today? We need to start saying, I resign. I resign. You need to get on Facebook. Tag your boss in it. <laughs> do a video. Do a video so people will have to watch your video. But do a video and say, I resign today. And see how many views you would get. And just start telling God what you resign. I resign my will. I resign my purpose on this earth. I resign what I believe is my call on this earth. I resign my position so that you can have your rightful position which is on the throne in my life. I resign. I quit. I am a quitter. I quit. I resign. And I want to tell you something, something breaks on the inside of us and in the heavens when we look at God and say, God, I will do whatever it takes. I will go all in. I will do whatever you want me to do. The last time somebody said that was really serious, you got saved because of it. That's what Jesus said in the garden. He said, I'm done. I'm finished. This is it for me. He didn't even say it is finished on the cross. He said it is finished first in the garden. It's finished. I'm done. Your will, not my will. Come on, somebody. Luke 14. Turn with me. Pull that, pull that scripture up. Luke 14. Listen to this. 
This is 27 and 28a in the New Living Translation. I'm trying to give you... If I, don't, if I don't specify what translation it is, I preach in the New King James Version. I had several texts and emails the other day asking me what I preach out of. New Living Translation. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I believe a lot of people look at Jesus and think that Jesus was just this meat, just this... I want to preach a series one day called The Bold Statements of Christ. Because he made some bold statements and this is one of them. He said, if you don't carry your own... I'm not carrying your cross. You don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Hold on a minute. Then he makes a statement that I love. Listen to what he says in verse 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. With what I'm talking about today, there is a huge price to pay. For Jesus, it was his very life. Because that was the will of the Father. For you, it may be like April. That was a huge thing that she had to do. And I promise you, she took a big pay cut from being a nurse to being a staff member at any church. Huge. When you deny self, God begins to move in your life. There is a price to be paid when you resign. You've got to count the cost according to the scriptures. But let me tell you something. The safest place that you and I could ever be is smack dab in the middle of God's will. It may be scary. It may look scary. But the safest place for us is to be in the middle of God's will. But in order to get there, you must first quit. You've got to quit. See, you know what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane? He threw in the towel. Jesus threw in the towel. Jesus quit. So can you. You're one toss away from being the man or woman of God that He's created you to be. Galatians 2.20 won't come up on the screen. Paul said it like this, I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, I've resigned to Christ. And then he goes on and he says, nevertheless, it is, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I've crucified myself in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now that's a resignation statement. This life is no longer my life to live. If I want to go over here and do this, I first must ask God to see if it's in God's will. And if it's not, even though I want to go over there and do that, I can't do that because I have to stay in the will of God. That is resignation. That's where we got to get to. As individuals, as a church, we will see revival in this city we will see deliverance in people that that some may have thought that they would always be like that for the rest of their life we're going to see that type of deliverance through this ministry we're going to see people healed through this ministry we're going to people see people set free through this ministry amen
The only way we will get there is if we step out of our will and step into the will of the Father. That's my prayer for our church this year. Matter of fact, let me pray over you right now. Father, my prayer is the pastor of this church over this flock that you've blessed me with is that every one of us collectively as a group of people Compassion Church Dixon, Tennessee that we would lay down our will that we would lay down what we think this church should be or how we think it should function and flow and we would pick up your will Without a shadow of a doubt, I know that you have spoken to me and told me that this church will do great things in this community. I believe, God, if we step in the way, we'll mess up your plan. Today, we commit as a body of believers to step out of the way and to step into the plan of God. Whatever you want, nevertheless, not our will, but yours be done. I want to pray for a certain group of people. You've heard my sermon today. I'm almost done. If you're here today and you say, I've lived my own life. I'm doing my own thing. If that's you today and you need Christ and you want to resign to that old life and you want to surrender to that new life and call that God has for you, if that's you without hesitation, I want to know who I'm going to pray for. Would you just slip up your hand real quick? Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just hands going up all over the place. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you right back there. Thank you right up here. Here's what I want to do. A lot of people have raised their hands. Pray this prayer with me. Say this, say, Jesus, today I resign to my old life. I have sinned and I fall short. But today I am trusting in you. Become the Lord of my life. Use me from this day forward. Out with the old in with the new show me your ways I surrender today in Jesus name Amen come on give God a big hand clap